for Christmas. Damn technology and sisters both, he muttered. I love you too. Have a lovely birthday, Nora said. Emmy Joe sat at Libby's diner through three coffee refills, weighing all the pros and cons of the job that morning. She even pulled a pen from her purse and made a list. When it was time to leave, the pros side was full, and the only things on the con side were two names, Logan and Tandy. It's time, Libby, Diana's mother, yelled from behind the counter. If you are really going to do this, don't be late on your first day. Emmy Jo had spent many hours at Diana's house when she was growing up. Tall, dark-haired, and brown-eyed, Libby had been named for her grandmother, the original Libby. Granny Anna Libby had passed the diner down to her daughter, Ellen, who in turn gave it to her daughter, Libby. Confusing as it might be to outsiders, everyone in Hickory knew the history. Diana's dad, Philip, and her mother ran the place with the help of a couple of part-time waitresses during the lunch rush. Libby did the waitress work and the bookkeeping. Philip did most of the cooking and helped with busing. Emmy Jo scooted across the booth seat, took a deep breath, and waved. Wish me luck. You know I do, Libby waved back at her. She'd only been close to the mansion on the hill when she and Diana drove past it one night. Diana had dared her one Halloween to ring the doorbell. She drove right to the house, but she'd been too scared to actually walk up those steps. Now she parked at the foot of the stairs leading up to the front door and waited until five minutes to eight to get out of her car. With each step of the 25 leading to the Thomas Mansion, her feet got heavier and her knees weaker, until by the time she reached the top, it was only pure stubbornness that kept her from turning around and going home. The house looked more like a fairy tale castle than a modern day mansion, with the cut stone and cedar work on the outside. But the grounds were a different story. Last year's leaves covered the stairs and crunched underfoot. There wasn't a flower or even a shrub in sight. It needed someone like Tandy to plant flowers to make the place look inviting. Maybe a few rose bushes and some marigolds and petunias would give it some warmth. She sucked in a lungful of air, reached out, and pushed the doorbell. That the house might be haunted did not frighten her one bit. She didn't believe in ghosts or spirits. She didn't even believe in fate. Her theory was that when a person died, their soul went to either heaven or hell. It sure didn't hang around earth to pester the people left behind. And the choices a person made created the consequences that they had to live with when it came time for the decision about pretty white clouds or a big eternal bonfire. Fate had nothing to do with any part of life. Likewise, Seth Thomas did not frighten her either. She'd only seen him one time before in her life, and that was at the cemetery when she and Tandy went to put flowers on Tandy's mama's grave. He'd sat in a lawn chair, his eyes glued on the tombstone in front of him that always had beautiful lilacs and the fancy vase attached. She'd asked her granny who he was, but she'd hurried them out of the cemetery without answering her. A short, round woman with a tight little gray knot of hair on top of her head opened the door. You must be the new assistant. I think Nora has lost her mind. Between the woman's nasal voice and her sour expression, Emmy Jo suspected if she smiled, her face might crack wide open. But come on in. 
It won't last through today, much less until the end of May. There ain't no television in this house and only one radio. All he listens to is the old country station. She stood to one side and motioned for Emmy Joe to enter the house. Follow me. From now on, you will drive around back and park in the garage and come in by the back door. Emmy Joe had never backed down from Adair, and she wasn't starting that day. Come on, the aggravating voice in her head said. That was not Adair, she was only stating facts. I don't see it the same way, Emmy Joe argued. She's thrown down a challenge by saying that I won't stay through the day, and I intend to show her that I will be here until the last minute on the contract that I signed, May 31st at 5 o'clock. She took a step through the dark, heavy door and followed the lady across an enormous living room, through a dining room and out onto a patio.